When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Burning Question series by Fantasy Football Scout. In this series, Pross and I, Sonaldo, talk about the key hot topics for the week. We are already in game week 29 and on episode 15 of Burning Questions, so uh, it's been a privilege potting with you, uh, Pross. How are you this week? Likewise, my friend. Uh, it's, you know, it's a great week to be potting because uh, I think both of us are doing really well. We usually don't do game week previews, so we will avoid any smugness and talking about our game weeks, but I don't think we can not talk about the James captaincy. So I thought before we start on our agenda... Um, I, you know, let's spend a couple of minutes because there's people who didn't cap, who didn't have James or didn't captain James. And let's talk about what was the thought process and why you went there. And this is not to kind of say this was the only way, but how did you land up? I mean, where, where were you, you know, a couple of hours before the deadline? Did you have James? How did you think about captaining him? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, some, you know, FPL is fine margins. And, uh, this week was especially fine margins in terms of the variance and, captaincy and who you brought in and, and this and that and um, I, I don't think I was thinking about James for the, pretty much the entire week until uh, due to my team structure until sort of the news came out about um, as Pliqueta being injured and um, how James is pretty much nailed to start this next game so when I heard that I started to uh, get a little bit of FOMO and then obviously the Twitter community was uh, you know rowing him up and uh, I made a decision in the last 10 minutes to to move for James. So it really worked out. Um, in terms of captaining him, there was no doubt that if I brought him in, I would be captaining James. So um, I think part luck and also part just final um, instinct to go for him really paid off um, on my end. How about yourself, Pross? Yeah, yeah. No, you've, you've played it really well. I mean, you avoided Rafinha, had, had Coutinho, right? You have Coutinho. I don't have Coutinho. I have Ramsey, oh, so you don't. I, I oh, probably okay. would have okay. gone to uh, Rafinha. I don't think I was thinking about Coutinho. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So look, with me, I was, uh, you know, basically I had Robertson in my team, and a lot of people who wildcarded in game week twenty six essentially have sold Van Dyke or Robertson and gone for James, and that was the obvious move. Um, and people were even thinking of reversing that. I'm not sure people will still do that, but in my case, I was stuck because I didn't want to sell Robertson, and we'll come to Liverpool today. Um, and so I wanted to get a Chelsea defender, but the only way was Gabriel to someone for free, right? And I could go up to Thiago Silva. And up until basically the night before, I was set on Thiago Silva. I even tweeted, this is my free transfer, Gabriel to Thiago Silva. I get my two clean sheets, I'm happy. But then in the night when I was sleeping, I was having nightmares about James and essentially thinking Chelsea is going to clean. 
if James gets an assist, that's 10 points because, you know, three for the assist, four for the clean sheet, two appearances. In fact, it's 12 points, three bonus, because he'll basically be in, in amongst the bonus if he gets an attacking return. And I was like, this is just, you know, I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm not going to enjoy it. And so I thought I need to now think of ways to basically fund, uh, fund James without lo- losing Robertson. So if there were three options. I could have downgraded uh, Ramsdale, which I didn't want to do. I could have downgraded Saiz and I could have downgraded Jimenez. Now, either Saiz or Jimenez, given how Wolves are doing, turned out to be a good move. I ultimately went Saiz to Kilman for a hit, which isn't the best hit in the world, but but it funded uh, the James move. And the captaincy, again, I was completely 50-50 between him and Rafinha. I wasn't even thinking about Coutinho, to be honest, because I had Ramsey already. So there's an element of I'm already invested in, in Villa yeah. um, adequately. So... Between Rafinha and James, I was completely 50-50. And basically, it was coming down to who do I want? Do I want a steady return or do I want that upside? And honestly, I was shifting between Rafinha and James two minutes to deadline. And (laughs) I just landed on James because it felt like I should do it. And now let's talk about people who didn't do this, right? There's absolutely nothing wrong. There are lots of moments in this season where things have been high variance for one marginal call. And I think if you went for Rudiger captain or you had James or didn't captain, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's mm. a little bit of bad luck on your part. It's a little bit of, you know, you, you, you couldn't move to James for whatever reason. It's absolutely fine. I mean, I don't think you need to worry about it. He was about 60% effective ownership. Yeah. So yeah. it's going back to the Bruno discussion. If you remember, you and I had Sonaldo where if you got it, you, you're flying. If you haven't got it, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, so that's basically where I am and wanted to discuss, James. Any any other thoughts? No, I think it's well put. I mean, uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, you can't get every call right. If you get every call right, you're probably in the what top 100, 500 in the world. Um, and I've had instances where, uh, for example, this went right, but I got the captaincy in game week nine, Salah wrong. I got the Bruno one wrong in, I think, 21 or 22. So... Um, you know, it's it's something. It's not season ending. I definitely don't think so. Um, but it definitely would hurt, help your rank a lot. Um, but moving forward, there's still a lot of game game weeks left to be played, and uh, so many things in play. So I, I wouldn't be too upset about uh, not having James as captain or even James in your team this week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he may even get a rest against Newcastle. He then has a blank. You have time to catch up. Mm. Uh, and people who d- don't have James probably are not stuck with him and they can probably chase upside in other defenders, which we will talk about as part of our topics. So do you want to introduce the topics, Andy? Yeah, so today we'll do sort of another helicopter final phase leading up to game week 30. Um, and then we'll do players to target, especially for game week 29 doubles. So we'll do a section on Arsenal, um, uh, sorry, Spurs, followed by Liverpool, then Arsenal. And then we're going to round it up with Everton, Brighton and Newcastle. Um, and then we'll do our uh, team sort of not reveal, but talk through our teams at the end of the um, burning question series as usual. Um, so we'll move on to uh, the final phase um, of 29 and 30. So Pros, what do we ha- have here? So basically, uh, we're not going to do a chip strategy right now because I think the the international break between game week 30 and 31, that's the big one because we'll have the FA Cup results from the quarterfinals. We'll almost know the picture for 33 and the predictions. I've seen some predictions on Twitter. I think James from Planet FPL did an amazing uh, podcast on Friday before the deadline to predict this. But ultimately, he's predicting a lot of results here. And on top of that, he's predicting how the scheduling will happen if those results happen in that way. 
So there are so many ifs and buts that I think the game week 30 to 31 window, that international break, that's the time where you need to be planning. So I'm calling this the final phase of the third phase. And basically the phases are, one is the time, you know, early season leading up to Christmas. You have the Christmas phase. This was the phase which basically takes you up to game week 30, where a lot of people are either building their team towards 30, dead-ending their team or wildcarding. So this is the end of that. So game week 29, game week 30, what we know now is Arsenal and Spurs are the only teams that have three fixtures in these in these two game weeks because they have a double in 29 and they have a game in 30. So this is going to be a hot topic for people to consider. A lot of people will be considering Spurs and, uh, and Arsenal assets. The other teams that look interesting over the three three game weeks are perhaps a uh, perhaps a Wolves team, but they have not looked good at all. So we're not going to be spending any time on Wolves. In fact, if anything, you should be looking to get rid of those assets because some of them may not even have a game uh, or may be dropped. So let's see what happens with Wolves on, on Thursday. Leeds could be semi-interesting. They have Norwich at home uh, and then they have a fixture in 30. Uh, Rafinha looked good. So if you were already on Rafinha, I think he's he's definitely a hold. And then after that, there's not a lot other than maybe the Liverpool double. So the Liverpool double is Brighton away and Arsenal away. They're the, they're the second best team or one of the top two teams in the league. If they have a double, you have to be thinking about their assets. Whether it's, if you, whether you have two um, or, or one, you need to be thinking about whether I should really go for a Spurs defender versus you know a third Liverpool. So that's a decision people will have. And that's that's really it. I mean, I don't think there's any other team that's worth... Maybe Southampton have a good single game week this week, so worth holding on to them because they play Watford at home. Chelsea are Newcastle at home, but it's it's uh, you know people need to remember that Chelsea have a have a Champions League game uh, midweek. So, and there's only a small gap between the 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 Norwich game and the Newcastle game. So the Norwich game is on Thursday, the Newcastle game is on Sunday. So there may be rotation there, and then Man City play Crystal Palace. I think these are the standout fixtures uh, that you could target, and um, that's the lay of the land as we see it. Yeah, I think uh, for the first time in in a couple of game weeks, um, it's pretty straightforward what we see, uh, you know, what's ahead of us. Um, I think 29-30 is going to be um, a very, very interesting time, especially with the blank coming up. So I'm very excited for game week 29. Um, and Yeah, uh, you're well set up, right? We'll come I'm, to your team. Yeah, but yeah you're pretty well set, set up. up. Yep. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, should we move to the first team in Spurs? Yep, go for it. Okay, so we'll do sort of a you know semi breakdown of, of Spurs. Um, it's going to be very popular because of the double game week. Plus, they also have a fixture in thirty. So, I think a lot of people are talking about you know the the popular assets right now, including sort of the combination of these players. You know, Kulu and uh, Kane for one. So, um, a lot of interesting debates and and thoughts. Um, so, yeah, first things first, Spurs fixtures are fantastic for the re- pretty much the rest of the season. Um, you know, on the season ticker, they're right up there, um, including a double game week this week. And also, it's very important to note that they're out of all cup competitions, and so they can purely focus on the Premier League. And while Arsenal had a firm grip on the top four spot or, or the fourth spot, um, you know, you just never know, right? And I'm sure Kane and and Conte are hungry, plus Son are hungry to uh, make a final push to get Champions League berth uh, for the next season. Um, and in an interview too, Kane Kane said something similar along the lines after the Everton game. So I think they're going to be re-energized and sort of, you know, right. So if you look at 
previous to game this game um, against Everton, they've lost four out of six um, and two wins against City and and Leeds. So it, it was kind of like um, very inconsistent, hard to predict. And granted, they did play Everton, so we don't want to get too uh, high up on on their assets. But um, what do you think, Pros? Do you think there's sort of a a chance for form here and 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 turning things around, especially with the double coming up? No. I, I don't think anyone other than uh, Liverpool or Man City are dependable teams in the leagues, okay. to be honest. Even Chelsea, I mean, who do you go for other than their defenders? And they're all, they haven't been firing, um, you know, the whole season. So I think you're going for Spurs because they have the double. Yeah. Um, they are interesting opportunities opening up um, with, you know, the, 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 the defenders or, or the wingbacks. There's an interesting opportunity with Kulachevsky. And there's an interesting opportunity with Kane completely being red hot in form and, and basically the Kane that we, we have known for years. So I think that's where people are looking at Spurs. But if you're going to ask me, are they dependable assets for the rest of the season? I don't think anyone is other than City or Liverpool. Yeah, uh, totally fair. I think we should proceed with caution, but they do have a double and some decent fixtures. So, uh, you know, this is one of those things where you try to jump on um, and hope for the best in terms of the fixture run here. Um, so the first person I'll obviously talk about is Harry Kane. Um, as you mentioned, red hot form. As a non-Kane owner, it was extremely scary yesterday. Um, granted, his effective ownership's not, you know, massive still. Um, you know, he every time he was scoring, getting bonus and, and you know, in the play, it was hurting my rank. So uh, I'm very worried as a non-Kane owner moving forward. First of all, congratulations, um, Harry, uh, as he is officially scored more goals than the great Thierry Henry. And um, six most goals in the Premier League history, which is just incredible if you think about it at the age of 28. Um, just an incredible player, um, but more than just goals, right? Just overall, you know, one of the, you know, now there's debate about who's the best passer in the league, KDB or or Kane. That's that's how good he is. Um, so, you know, uh, in the last 10 game weeks, he's top amongst uh, all forwards for having the most points, uh, which is not really surprising. Um, yeah, the forwards is yeah. like, yeah, you, yeah. It, 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 it won't be hard to win that one. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in the last five game weeks, um, you know, sort of five, I did five game weeks because it, it included sort of Kulevsky coming into the picture. I don't I don't know if it's exactly five. It might be a little more. And Kulevsky also, I, I don't think, started all of them. So um, just a general uh, last five game weeks. He's second to Salah in expected goal involvement, second in XG non-penalty, uh, second in shots inside the box, second in goal attempts, big chances created. Basically, you know, stat statistics-wise, he's right up there amongst the top. Um, so uh, there's no no doubt about this guy's ability, and um, I think he's got to be the first choice for 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 all Spurs assets. Uh, would you agree, Pross? Yeah, I think if you're wildcarding, so there's, I'm not suggesting people wildcard this week, but it's, if you're building a team from scratch and the and the proof of the pudding is people have wildcarded in 26, in 28, pretty much the masses have gone for Kane, especially in 28. I mean, I think in 26, there was still a split between do you go for Saka and Kane or Lacazette and Son. Uh, but I think this, they, the, given how Kane has done, I wouldn't think anyone would go Son over Kane on a wildcard. Now, it's a different story if you have a Son uh, and you don't have a cane, do you actually make the, the sideways move? But we will come to that. Yeah. But I agree with you. He's the second best premium in the league because of the fact that he is now involved in both the assists and the, the goals. 
um, and the fact that he's just nailed. I mean, didn't yep. Conte say like two weeks ago that he'll play with one leg or something? I mean, he will. Yep. He will play every game essentially, like Salah. Yeah, nailed and plus ninety minutes pretty much every game. So yeah. Um, so yeah. With that being said, also just a note on Kane. There's debate about captaining him over Salah this week. That's how you know, uh, and it's a legitimate uh, question, right? That's how good his form is. So uh, very interesting thoughts there, but. Um, I just wanted to do a quick word on Sun. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about my guy sort of slowing down and being out of form and, uh, you know, get that get that stuff out of the window because, you know, that's also showing the level of respect that he's getting at the, at the level that he's played over the last couple of years. I mean, you know, he's been such a reliable FPL asset um, in, in the last five years. Um, you know, in the beginning, there was issues with rotation. Is he nailed this and that? And and now it's more about his cost and how expensive he is. But, you know, um, he's right behind Salah in the entire Premier League in terms of goal involvements this season. 11 goals, 5 assists. Second to Salah. Um, just just a re- friendly reminder, guys. And, you know, continues to tick along. Um, yes, yesterday, I got very excited after he scored. I think it was the first or second goal. Um, and then he had maybe, you know, one or two big chances he missed and an opportunity to assist one or two t- more times. Um, so, you know, he's he's there. He's he's in the picture. I wouldn't be too worried as a Sun owner. Of course, you're envious of the Kane owners at this point in time, but um, I wouldn't be, you know, jumping on the gun to get rid of Sun t- in order to move, uh, you know, fund a move for, for Kane is, is what I would like to say, especially as a Sun owner myself. Um, so, you know, in the last five game weeks, Sun is second behind Bruno in terms of chances created. And third behind Bruno and Ward Prowse in terms of expected assists. And I wanted to mention this uh, because when you think of Sun, you think of his goal scoring uh, prowess. But right now, what you're seeing is he's sort of taking a step back to help the team out. Um, and if you look at just his sort of, you know, touch heat map, you can see how spread out he is and how far, uh, how deep he's coming at times. And um, especially the Leeds game, Kulovsky's first goal Um you know, the one where he makes a cut in like Robin and then takes a nice shot and, and um, you know, Kulovsky, marvelous in, individual, brilliant goal. But if you actually pay attention to that goal, Sun makes a run across Kulu, um, bringing two defenders with him in order to open up that space for Kulu to drive in. So I think there's a lot of things that we have FPL managers don't um, sort of notice in terms of team play. So... Um, just a yeah. quick word on, on my guy. Um, so, so one thing on Sun. Firstly, mm-hmm. by the way, I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sun is a very good option, right? I mean, people are thinking that suddenly Sun is rubbish and Kulichevsky is 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 better than him. There is no way. I mean, Sun is way better than Kulichevsky as as an asset. People are basically debating whether it's worth the five million more, and that's where the discussion gets more interesting. But mm-hmm. if you have Sun, you should still be bullish about his prospects. And the other thing about Sun, but it's actually two other things. The fixtures against Brighton and Man United are not the fixtures where teams sit back. Uh, they're traditional Sun games, you know, like the Leeds one where a lot of people went for captaining Sun over. Now, these are these are decent away games. They're hard games, but I think they're also ones where Sun tends to do better than Kane. I have no data to back this other than the fact that I've just experienced games where mm-hmm. the harder ones are where, where Sun delivers a little bit more. And the second point is also the fact that Sessignon is injured. So I don't know how the dynamics change with Regulion starting over the double. I don't know. Have you put any thought into that? If if Regulion starts, does that make Sun a little bit more attacking because Regulion is more guy who's giving the width versus Sessignon, or you think it's the same? 
Uh, I think it's the same, but it's very interesting you brought that up because um, when I'm talking on sort of about um, Kluvsky and Doherty, um, Regulon also is sort of involved and Sun is sort of involved in one of the tactical sort of plays they do. So, um, yeah, I think I, I, I wouldn't read too much into it, um, to say the okay. least. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you want me to continue? Yeah, go for it. I mean, just... Uh... Mm -hmm. Uh, that's fine. I mean, if you're on the table, just for the listeners, if you want to talk about some of the numbers on the table. Oh, okay. So, so what 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 I want to do now is, since we pretty much know everything we need to know about Kane and Son, even without deep diving into it, um, the two popular assets right now in the community are Kulovsky and also Doherty, right? And so, in terms of Kulu, um, this table sort of shows. Um, uh, all mids in, 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 I believe, the last five game weeks. Um, and Kulu is right up there, I think, second in terms of total assists. And he's had two goals and four assists in the last five and, um, you know, top, top amongst all mids. So a very straightforward sort of um, outcome stat here. Uh, also, he's very involved uh, XA-wise, um, 12th amongst all mids in terms of XA in, in the last five game weeks. So, uh, again, he, his his assist potential is sort of um, been uh, notable, I, I guess, since uh, his quick uh, implementation into the Premier League. I would say on this table, by the way, mm -hmm. um, this, where you've compared the XA, mm -hmm. um, that doesn't read too well to me. I mean, it looks fine. Yes, um, um, you know, I think having an XA of one over five game weeks isn't is okay. Uh, he's actually overperforming that to quite an extent. He's got three assists out of an XA of three uh, of one, mm. um, and it also shows me that Sun is the is is the creator. I mean, yeah. he's got an XA of sixty percent more than that, so one point six, and he's only got two assists. So a lot of times people focus too much on Kulichevsky's assist potential. Saying uh, Sun is the better creator between the two, but again, it comes back to price. People will will throw the argument that would you rather have just Sun or would you rather have Kulichevsky and and Kane? And that I think is a is a more interesting debate. But I think one takeaway from the Spurs analysis is you know you can still be bullish about Sun if you have him, <laughs> and if you have other fires to put out, maybe in defense, um, you know, go for somebody else. You don't have to take Sun out for Kane. It's not the priority move. Okay, so uh, to round up the Spurs section, I kind of want to talk about the combination of Kulu and, and Doherty and why I think both these guys are nailed, especially, I think, at least in the short term. I'm pretty much um, sure that Doherty is going to play um, the majority of the games, hopefully, right? And I'll try to ex explain why. Um, and without getting too deep into it, Conte's always, we've known him as a 3-5-2, at Spurs, he's, you know, tried to utilize a 3-4-3. Um, you know, it hasn't worked to the best. But the main factor of Conte's success, successfulness is his wingbacks being very speedy. That's that's the key word, speedy. Royale and Doherty are not considered speedy wingbacks. Um, so what I've seen in this Kulufsky plus uh, Doherty combination on the right is he's actually sort of taken the speediness out of both of them and try to utilize them well together. What I mean by this is Kulu's also not that speedy, right? So Kulu's been told to push out wide and sort of hug the touchline and stay wide. You can really compare Kulufsky's touch heat map versus Sun's heat map, very drastically different, right? Even though ideally you're thinking a 3-4-3. 
and um, you can see Doherty's heat map is more inside. So yes, the majority of it, he's on the wings, he's on, on the sideline, but you can see those uh, purple spaces sort of more inwards. And Doherty excelled really well at Wolves cut by cutting inside. That's that's his forte. Yeah. And positioning-wise, he's been told to stay a little bit more inside to make up for that lack of speed um, to be able to cut inside. So basically, if you're uh, for the listeners, if you're trying to get a picture of what I'm trying to say, Kuluski's staying out right, right, and um, Doherty's been given the... Um, you know, sort of uh, role to to roam inside a little bit more. So, uh, if you watched yesterday's match, mm-hmm. I was I you know the assists that Doherty got or exactly. at least the chances he was creating was more the crosses. I didn't see the Wolves type Doherty in the box. Did you Did you notice more of that or? Exactly. Um, so I will get to yes. that actually. Um, okay, that's a very good point you made. So, so what? Uh, so there's three things that's happening with Doherty coming inside and. The first thing is that he's able to participate in the defensive um, uh, action. So yesterday, when you saw Everton play, they had three midfielders versus two midfielders for um, Spurs. Bentancourt played really, really good. But Doherty's uh, being more inside to help defense uh, defend that zone area, which is why he actually, had, I think, had the highest amount of uh, interceptions or, or, or tackles or, or one of those defensive stats. Um, so basically, he's... Uh, that's also helping the team, which is why I think that's part one of him being nailed. Number two is his penalty area play is coming around. He's he's cu- cutting inside. And yes, he's not uh, cutting inside like the Wolves days, but you still saw one or two chances, especially that one assist to, that Sun almost had in the first half to uh, that almost led to a goal. And and finally, uh, the the thing you just mentioned, Pross, is most of his play frame came from crosses, right? And Earlier, you mentioned what happens with Sesenio, uh, not Sesenio, uh, Regulon and Son on the left. So when you think of Kulufsky, Kulu, and uh, Doherty on the right, slower, and you think of uh, Regulon and Son on the left, much faster, especially Regulon and Sesenio, um, a lot of, uh, of build-up play is happening by Spurs giving the ball to the right, where Kulu is very good at hold-up play, and Kulu is attracting defenders and and um, pushing the opponents more to the right side, and then they're flipping it across to the other side through uh, Doherty, especially yesterday. So chances created and two keep uh, and the chances created here heat map is very central as you can see, and those two two of those four are actually assists. One of them being that incredible pass to Harry Kane with that you know volley finish. So. It, it, do you understand what I'm trying to say? There's there's a lot yep. of um, you know side to side play, but um, you know again without getting too much into tactics in F, terms of FPL, um, we're looking for a 4.8 asset in Doherty who's had an incredible game, and I think he's nailed. So I'm very tempted to go to him. Um, and the combination of Kula and Doherty on the right is actually very formidable and probably something that they're going to go. Um, try to u- utilize for the next few game weeks, even with the Lucas uh, Mora option uh, roaming around. And surprisingly, it's Sun who's usually coming off first right now. Uh, instead, yeah, of- I was surprised mm-hmm. at that as well. Yeah. Is it because of the Mora injury, you think, or is it just tactical? I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I think it's also sort of you know the game was dead, and and they're trying to maybe uh, rest his legs a little bit more. But um, yeah, I, I I think basically that's to sum it up. Uh, I think we should sort of. Give our opinion on you know who yeah. who would you go for as a three? 
I mean, let let me ask you three burning questions on Spurs. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll I'll give my view as well. But let's uh, let's let's kind of bring it all together. So, question number one: If you had Son and Jimenez, and you had no other transfers, uh, no other burning issues in your team, would you take the hit for uh, for Kulichevsky and uh, and Kane? Uh, if you had Son and Jimenez, so it's the same money, oh, okay. uh, almost oh, okay. the same money. So Jimenez is obviously not starting. He's struggling for minutes. Wolves are basically, you know, looking really bad. I think so. Now, this may change yeah. on Thursday, mm-hmm. but Sun out and Jimenez out for Kulichevsky in and Kane in. Would you do it? I think I would do it, yes. I would do it if there's no other issues. But uh, mm-hmm. I think the maybe a Kilman to Doherty move, uh, basically taking out another Wolves stud, uh, probably may have more upside for me. Right. Uh, is it worth a minus aid? Maybe not. So, so I, I sit in... The, you know, a little bit on th- of the camp that yes, there is some upside, but you could get more upside from another transfer in defense. So that's that's basically my view. Okay, second second burning question for you. If you had to choose one, you can only make one transfer. Not everyone likes a hit, right? If you had to only choose one between either getting Doherty in or getting uh, Kulichevsky in, which one would you prioritize? Oh, that's that's the one that's uh, troubling me, but. Uh, this is without. This is with just one of Sun, Sun and Kane, right? I, I'm assuming. Most yeah, yeah. You already have one of Sun and Kane. Yeah. Now you can get yeah. one more without kind of ruining your team, or you don't want to take a hit. So choose one between Kulichevsky and Doherty. I think it's such a tough, tough question. Um, I think, I think I'm fifty-fifty. No, no fence sitting. Come on. No, I'm not fence sitting. I, I, I think it's fifty-fifty. Yeah. But it, I, so it's team dependent, right? If you need a defender, I think you go for. For Doherty, if you need a midfielder, you can go for Kulu. However, if I had to pick one, um, uh, <laughs> um, I, I think I'd, I'd go for Kulu. Um, just, just, just the. Mm, I think I'd go for Kulu. How about yourself, Ross? I would go Doherty. Oh, um, really? No, well, my reason is simple. We don't have a lot of defenders. You know, when you take out. City and Chelsea as defender options because I think in 29 they don't have a double. You're not going to over-invest in them. They are blanking in 30. So therefore, you ha- you're, you know, we do basically don't have defenders in the game outside of these guys and Liverpool, obviously. So I'm thinking you should be f- fixing your team in defense more than your midfield because in midfield, there's still lots of options. You have Bowen. Maybe Bowen will be okay for 30, so maybe keep him. You have Coutinho, who's looking really good. You have Rafinha, who plays and has um, has a game in 30. So for me, you can fix your team better with the Doherty, and that's why strategically I think it's better. Who does better on the day? Who knows? I mean, yeah. you know, both are looking good, but uh, and I don't think for, for what's, what it's worth, Spurs will keep... Maybe one clean sheet over the double, Brighton and and United, because United attack is actually decent. Yeah. So yeah. so it it really comes down to who do you want to fix in your team, and I think for thirty as well. Again, thirty has no defenders, no good defender. Can you name one defender that you want in game week thirty? No. Yeah. So again, you want somebody with decent upside, and I think Doherty fits that bill. So that's basically on Spurs. Uh, hopefully, we addressed people's questions. I'll come to one more burning question at the end which links Arsenal and Spurs. And I can tell you now, it'll be basically, if you had one transfer, would you pick Martinelli on, or Kulichevsky? But I'll come to that after we've done our analysis of all the three teams. So let's go to Liverpool now. Okay. So with Liverpool, I think we, we you know, this should not take as long because we already know that Trent and Salah are not going anywhere, right? I mean, if you don't have Trent or if you don't have Salah, get them, don't waste time listening to this, just transfer them in. 
um, if if you if you're then looking at a third Liverpool, firstly there's a strategic point. They do, they have a blank in thirty, so you need to think about: Should I be prioritizing a Diaz or Kulusevski? Should it be a Robertson or a Doherty? So it basically interplays with how well are you set up for game week thirty. My perspective is: I already have Robertson. I think you have as well, Sonaldo. Yeah. So yeah. for us, it's an easy one, and I'm very happy that I don't have to make this decision because ultimately this is the same decision people had to make a, with James. Right? People were thinking, good. I mean, this guy has a double, but then he may not play. He doesn't have a game in thirty. Do I want him? And I think, you know, getting a third Liverpool player or getting a player from the second best team in the league for a double game week is well worth a thought. So I would rather sacrifice a player in thirty. So as an example, I would rather have Robertson for two games rather than size for three games. And that's the thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, size doesn't even have three games. He has two, but. Um, I don't mind if I go with nine players in game week thirty just because I had Robert. Mm-hmm. So that's my thinking, and actually I will have nine or ten max in game week thirty. Um, so the first analysis that we come to is people are talking about Salah triple captaincy, Salah captaincy. Um, I also put out a tweet that Salah hasn't scored an open play goal since that Norwich game. So he obviously against Leeds he had two penalties. He had 120 minutes against Chelsea. He had no goals, and then against West Ham he had no open play goals as well. Oh, actually, no goals. So what I basically went back and and looked at is, is it because that Diaz is playing on the left and Mane is playing up front, so that there's no Jota or Firmino type hard worker who's creating chances for Salah? This is what I wanted to look at for my own team and for for my own uh, triple captain decision. So if you look at the heat map that we first shown, firstly this tells me. I mean, obviously. This compares game week one to game week twenty-five, and the one on the right shows game week twenty-six to game week twenty-eight. And obviously, Salah didn't have a game in twenty-seven, so it basically gives you three game weeks versus everything before that. And for me, in terms of positioning, there's no real difference. Salah is doing Salah things. He's still very central, coming into the box from the left, attacking. So that ticks my one box of it doesn't mean that just because Mane is playing in the center, Salah isn't as central uh, to the game. So then we come to the next chart in terms of expected um, XG ex- uh, and 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 XGI. Mm-hmm. So interestingly, actually, Salah has a better XG um, and and overall XGI. Now, of course, the caveat is that this includes Norwich, Leeds, and West Ham. West Ham are obviously no mugs, but it includes Norwich and Leeds. So it completely skews um, the the minutes per XG numbers. But for me, if this was below. That would be a red flag. The fact that it's well above tells me again that Salah is doing decently. Is he's getting those chances? He's involved, and just because he's not scored an open play goal, it will come. Mm. So therefore, that addresses my second point on on Salah. Now the third thing you may say is actually he got two penalties, so his XGI is high because of the two penalties. So then I do the third table, which is let's let's remove XG. I mean we could look at non-pen XG as well, but let's look at goal threat. So. On a minutes per on a per minute basis, Salah's at 13 penalty area touches um, over the over the 90 minutes compared to 10 in 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 the first 25 game weeks. If you look at um, goal attempts, he's got a goal attempt every um, 6.7 minutes compared to 3.9 minutes before. So I think there is enough out there to tell you. The minutes per attempt is 13 minutes per attempt versus 22 minutes before. So, despite the good fixtures, I think there is enough here 
to to tell you that this Diaz shift is not changing it too much. The goals will come. So mm. there's three tables to basically put my mind at ease on if Salah is worth triple captaining in game week 29. Now there are other factors to triple captain. This isn't a triple captaincy discussion, but it's more about is Salah still the asset? Is he still the captainable player if Mane and Diaz start? Now, um, you know, Champions League, this is tonight. And by the way, for time stamping this, we're recording this before the Champions League game that Liverpool have tonight. You will obviously be listening to this on a Wednesday or a Thursday. So we don't know how the Liverpool lineup has been uh, against Inter, but I'm expecting uh, that at least in one of the games, you'll have Diaz, Mane and Salah set up. So the first burning question, therefore, for me was, is Salah still effective with this new attacking lineup? I think the answer is yes. What's your perspective on that? Any Anything from the eye test that you think is different in Salah in these games where Diaz is Mane and Mane have started versus before? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think... Uh... A lot of Salah captainers, for example, this game week also got quite unlucky because um, he had a very early big chance that was like a one-on-one and, um, you know, the keeper saved really well. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty insistent that Salah is going to be my captain in 29. Yeah, yeah. I think between Salah and Kane, I mean, let's address it here because we've covered, um, uh, covered uh, Spurs now and Salah. Between Salah and Kane, for me, definitely still Salah. Yeah. I mean, you have to add... The fact that he gets five points for for a goal, Liverpool are much more consistent. I mean, they're. I think one is playing Arsenal and Brighton. One is playing Brighton and Man United, both away. Yeah. Um, even though Man United is probably the easier fixture of the of the Arsenal one, which Liverpool have, but Liverpool are a better team as well and a more consistent team as well. So I think on the balance, um, for me, it's it's not it's a non-discussion. It has to be Salah. Yeah. You're on the same page, right? Yes, I am. Okay. So then the second burning question for the uh, for the Liverpool section is who's the best third Liverpool asset. Now again a lot of the discussion goes into the the macro strategy on do you even want a third Liverpool. So if you're in the position where you're thinking that I want to have a third Liverpool, I think there are two standout candidates. There's Robertson and there's Diaz. Probably Mane, um maybe Van Dijk. So these are basically the people in consideration. So I wanted to first have a table up here which is basically comparing for all the defenders the xgi um for the season and what you see here is trent is way ahead of everyone i mean he's he's got an xgi of 12 over the season and it is you know he's he's the go-to guy a lot of people were actually debating if on wildcard they should go robertson over uh, trent absolutely not so that's a non-discussion i think but then if you go down the list you have Cancelo, number two. You have Regulion, number three. And Robertson, number four. So, for me, and he's above Reese James. And, of course, Reese James has missed a lot of minutes. So, I'm not comparing Robertson to Reese James. I think James is the better asset. But if you're going for a double game week, I think getting the fourth most productive defender in the game um, is just is just a worth worthwhile punt. Now, people come to Robertson's overperformance of XGI. So, if you look in this table... On the right of the XGI, you have XGI Delta. And essentially, Robertson is overperforming his um, XGI by almost six. So he's got six goals or assists more than what he was expected to have. I think there is an element of overperformance as well. So if anyone throws at you Robertson's points in the last few game weeks or across the season, I think that's not a fair reflection because ultimately, from an XGI perspective, um, he's still behind Cancelo. 
Uh, and maybe if you looked at minutes per XGA, well below Reese James as well. So almost five, by the way, I think. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. So my point with Robertson is he is as nailed as it gets because I don't think these games are ones where you get uh, Simicas in. Uh, both Brighton and uh, and Arsenal are tough away games. Yep. Well, tougher away games. So I think Robertson plays both. And the neat thing about Robertson is even though he blanks in 30, he has you know, Watford at home on in 32. Sorry, 31. And that's the fixture again where, you know, he you you want a guy like him because he'll be in with a clean sheet. It, you know, a, a bit like this James uh, game, right? If he gets one assist, we are basically looking at two bonus. And I don't say three because Trent will take the three if you get a mm-hmm. clean sheet. So um, I think Robbo is wor- well worth a look. The only issue with Robbo is a lot of people who don't have Robertson and Doherty uh, may look at Doherty as the more priority transfer because it gives you one extra player in, in, in game week 30. But... That's my robo part, but uh, I you obviously have him. But if you didn't, um, would that be something you would look at? Yeah, I think I'll go straight to robo, um, especially because he's also much I, for me much more nailed than than Diaz. So um, yeah, I think it's a no brainer. Mm. Okay, so let's come to Diaz then. So with Diaz, I mean the the one point to make is the guy looks electric, right? Yeah, I mean he has. Um, he has, I mean, he's one of the, you know, him and Kulichevsky. I mean, it's, it's, it's odd, right? Sometimes we talk about, um, on Twitter, there's a, there's a really good account called bullet. Um, and he basically, um, and also I think Luke, Luke also tweeted this, that a lot of time we have this narrative early season that I'm not going to take a punt on any new signings, but look, Diaz and, and Kulichevsky are two examples where they can hit the ground running. I mean, they've, they've done really well. He's kind of almost, Liverpool fans tell me, made the left side his own. I mean, if Mane wow. wasn't a bigger, didn't have a bigger stature in the club and, you know, if he wasn't a more difficult ego to manage, I think Diaz would almost share minutes with Mane. But I think the, on reflection for the rest of the season, people think that Diaz might uh, might share minutes with the Jota and Mane and Salah are pretty much the guys who will continue to be be nailed. And then Firmino will come and, come back into the picture as well. But... If you look at purely from a statistics point of view, in in terms of uh, minutes per chance created, he's number two. So he's doing better than Mane. So it's almost like when we were talking about Kulichevsky versus Sun, we were saying, look, Sun is better than Kulichevsky. Uh, it comes down to price. I think with Diaz and Mane, Diaz is better than Mane, even though he's cheaper. Mm. So then it's a point of, you have to basically believe how many minutes he will get. I think some people like, uh, I think Pranil took a punt on Diaz uh, in the game week 26 um, double and he wasn't rewarded enough because he got both games and uh, he he should have hauled a lot more than he did. Mm. I think people who, who can take a punt on his minutes, I think he's a decent shout, but it goes back to the fact that would you really want to take a punt on his minutes when you can go for somebody who has a game in 30 as well? <clears throat> So for me, there's there's less upside with Diaz versus a Kulichevsky. I think the debate between a Robertson and a Doherty is a bigger one to have. So that's where we are on Liverpool. Nice. So I think I, I answered one burning question on is Salah as productive. Mm-hmm. The second one was between Diaz and Robertson. I think we both agree it's Robertson, right? Yep. But then the question is, would you go for... Do- so assume you have... Let's say you have two Wolves defenders okay. and you're picking, you you want to ship one out um, and you still have only nine players for game week 30. Would you pick Doherty over Robertson? Nine players, huh? Mm-hmm. 
Um, man, you're putting me on the spot here today. Uh, I, I'm going to them as well. Okay, yeah. maybe I'll go first. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, would, I would go Doherty, I think. Oh, I think okay. at a push. Okay. Um, the, the, the reason being, Doherty is looking very good as well. And he's looking nailed for the next three games. And if he gets the three games, it's not that much of a compromise. I mean, if you were looking at a world where people yeah. are going dire, um, and, you know, imagine Doherty didn't exist and there was still rotation on the wing-back spots. Um, and you couldn't go Sessegnon because Regulion was there. You couldn't go Doherty because um, Emerson was there. But I think if we are believing that Doherty plays the double and he plays game week 30, then I think he's got solid attacking numbers as well. So I think he's worth going for because it gives you an extra 90 minutes over Robertson. Uh, but yeah, if it was a Dyer or a Davis discussion, then I would Different. definitely go yeah. Robertson. Yeah. Yeah, I think I go. Yeah, I go Doherty as well. Yeah, extra fixture as well. So, yeah. Okay. Agreed. Okay. Mm. And what about Regu? Um, I guess in Spurs we didn't talk about um, if if Sessegnon is injured for three weeks, yeah. would you go Regulion over Doherty? No, I wouldn't. I think I'd still go uh, for the guy who's uh, in form. Um, I mean, Regulion did score right, and he could he could benefit. He could do well, um, but. It, it, like, you know, without fence sitting here, he's a little bit cheaper and um, he's just coming off probably one, probably his best game in his Spurs jersey as well. So uh, I think I'd go Doherty over Regulon. Fair, fair. I mean, especially those who have already played their wild card. I think um, having the knowledge that Doherty would be nailed for the foreseeable. I mean, foreseeable. I think the, the issue exactly. with Doherty is you have you have two bad games yeah. and then you lose your spot. So people people use the word nailed yeah. and I did as well. Uh, very, you know, very loosely. And uh, I think he's first team. But he's two two bad performances away from you know being dropped. So yeah, uh, I, I that's the risk you take. I probably should have mentioned in the in the Spurs section that he had a good game against Everton, but in the I think at Middlesbrough game or, or yeah FA Cup game, he had a terrible game or not a terrible yeah. but a, but a bad game. So we we really have to wait and see. I mean we're we're getting too excited about one game. So yeah, we'll see. All right, excellent. Let's go to Arsenal then. Okay, Arsenal, you know, very similar story to to Spurs. Um, great fixtures uh, from here on out. Um, and, uh, you know, two fixtures to be made. So I guess two doubles to be put in somewhere in between. Um, and, yeah, so they, they have a good fixture run. Oh, by the way, um, so Tom Freeman on FF Scout did a excellent article on uh, assessing the Arsenal assets. So... Uh, please, guys, go go give that a read if, if you really want to break down stats. Um, he, he really does a good job there. And um, I'm sort of going to uh, use some of his, not use, but um, a lot of what he was saying in his article really was aligned with how, a lot of things that I was thinking as well. So uh, hopefully I can sort of summarize that as well as my thoughts. Yeah, And that's a members-only article, so hopefully we don't <laughs> give away everything. <laughs> yeah, members-only. Um so, yeah, I guess the first guy we have to talk about is none other than um, uh, Saka. And, uh, okay. I, okay. Um, so, anyway, Saka. So, um, you know, he leads all Arsenal uh, midfielders in the last nine game weeks uh, in terms of every statistical category you can think of for an attacking asset in terms of bonus points, create chances created. Um, you know, goal attempts, shots in the box, penalty area touches, um, and, you know, XJA per 90, um, Saka and, and Odegaard lead. Um, so, so Tom Freeman notes that, you know, since game week 16, Saka is third for, 
um, third for shots, eight for chances created, and 13th for XGI amongst all mids. Um, so, you know, without, with, you know, stats aside, you can see how electric this guy has been recently, how good Spurs, uh, not Spurs, how good uh, Arsenal have looked. Um, and uh, every time he has the ball, it's it's like a magnet to his feet. Um, and I feel like something's going to be created out of, out of Saka. So, um, I, you know, I tweeted recently that he's one of the most or, or one of the best buys I've had all season in terms of long term holds. Um, and uh, right now, everybody's hopping on him. I think his um, effective ownership is over 60 percent. Um, so without without any hesitation, the first Arsenal asset you should go for besides, let's say, Ramsdale is is Saka. Um, even in, in the case of Ramsdale versus Saka, um, I, I would be very bullish on trying to get get Saka in your team. So um, that being said. Um, you know, the other midfield options are Odegaard as well as uh, Martinelli. A couple of weeks ago, I would have said Martinelli is the more explosive asset. And, and I think you could go for him um, in terms of just goal threat and, um, you know, wanting to score every single time he has the ball. Very direct type of player, like a young Cristiano. I know Cristiano is sort of his idol. Um but the issue is what well, his minutes were at risk sort of with um, ESR coming into the fold. They're sort of like the like and like um, substitutes, right? I know ESR yeah. is dealing with COVID right now, but we'd assume he, he'll be back in maybe one or two game weeks. So uh, there's always that lingering around him. Regardless, he's continuing to start and continue, continue to get enough minutes to be a viable asset. So Martinelli certainly one to consider, but... I think I would go for Odegaard over Martinelli at this point in time. Really? Um, yes, I would. Um, because uh, I think a lot of their play is happening through Odegaard. Granted, he can end up being the pass-to-assist guy. However, um, we saw how uh, he's finally found his groove. He's finally found his role in the team. Um, you know, He's essential to unlocking the keys of Saka and Martinelli and um, sort of really works well with Lacazette as well and with Saka. So I'm very bullish on on Odegaard being a, a solid uh, asset to have. But with the limited amount of midfield spots we have, it's very difficult to sort of um, free him in or put him in, um, which brings Lacazette into the fold. And on the note of Odegaard and Lacazette, in um, Tom Freeman's article, he sort of um, notes how this season Arsenal's creating 43% of their chances uh, from the central zone. Um, so for the listeners, um, Arsenal are creating 29% of their chance, 29.8% of their chances from the left, 43.3% of the chances from the middle, and 27% from the ch- chances from the right. So pretty balanced from left and right. However, it's very clear that a lot of their chances creation are coming from the center. And it makes sense, right? Because Odegaard's there unlocking the keys. And what is Lacazette? Lacazette is a, a cest high striker who... Uh, knows how to play the kind of you know, the dummy role at times, the the pass off type of um, um, striker. So a very intelligent striker, in, in my opinion. So uh, right. yeah, Lacazette right. is really impressed. Five assists in the last five game week, top top amongst all forwards. Um, in the last ten game weeks, Laka is fifth amongst all forwards in terms of xgi per ninety. Um, so uh, I think Lacazette is also a very, very decent shout, especially with the lack of forwards we have up top. So. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and on final note, on the defenders, we haven't been seeing the best of the defend, defense because I remember maybe two or three game weeks ago, Pross, um, we were very keen on bringing um, defender assets in for the double, right? Um, yep. Yeah, for the double. And 
uh, the clean sheets didn't happen. I know we had a section on Gabrielle versus um, Tyranny as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be too down on it. Um, you, you know, the fixtures throughout the rest of the season is pretty solid. So even like a Ben White at 4.4, 4.3 could be a good bench fodder just to have as your maybe fourth or fifth option um, yeah. in your team. Yeah. I think I agree with all of that. Um, let's let me ask a few burning questions for Arsenal then, because mm. I think everyone agrees Ramsdale and Saka are the two guys to have. So, between a defender and an attacker, I think you make the right point. Firstly, for the double, uh, you know, Leicester home, Liverpool home, both are attacking teams. Leicester always score, Liverpool always score. So, yes, Arsenal can get a clean sheet out of anywhere. In fact, Arsenal I think kept a clean sheet at the Emirates against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup. So. Arsenal are, from all expected data, a top four defense. So I wouldn't be down if your third Arsenal asset is is already a Ben White, like you said, or Gabriel. Having said that, given the fact that these are, you know, I didn't like the fixtures. The reason I sold Gabriel for a hit last week, obviously, was one, because of James. And number two, because, again, Leicester, Liverpool, Aston Villa, Crystal Palace, Brighton, Southampton. These are the next six games. All of them, I like their attack. So... Yes, they could keep maybe two clean sheets here, but they could also keep zero. So that's what basically the the thinking in terms of defenders. So let's mm. move away from defenders in terms of then the the strike, the attackers. So I think you've hit on Odegaard, uh, Martinelli, and Lacazette. Mm-hmm. I think I slightly feel that I I prefer Martinelli for the upside, yeah, upside. than than yeah, Odegaard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit of. Odegaard will probably get one assist over the next three. Maybe maybe you could get lucky and get two assists. Martinelli could get two goals. Um, so basically, that's yeah. what you're punting on. And for the price, 5.3, you might as well punt for the upside. So that's my thinking in terms of Martinelli versus Odegaard. But I think the more interesting one is Lacazette versus a Martinelli or Odegaard. So would you want to use your third Arsenal spot? So going back to those people, I asked you the question, people have one transfer. Should they spend that transfer on getting a Lacazette for a Jimenez? Or should they take a hit for... Um, or maybe go the Doherty upside? So do you see enough upside with a Lacazette move um, than some of the other players that we've talked about, like a Robertson or a Doherty or a Kulachevsky even? Um I'm putting you on the spot uh, again. I, I, okay, I, I, think, I, I think uh, I think the issue here is the price difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because the the assets you're mentioning are probably like six point five and less, most likely six and less. Versus Lacazette is quite expensive at eight point three. So, for example, if you have Kane, it's hard to fit Lacazette in with him. It's actually it's actually possible, even in my team, if I get rid of Son, for example. Um, yep. But uh, with if you took out the price difference. I I think I think Lacazette is a good shout, um, and the reason is, besides all the narratives about um, you know him lacking goal threat, um, Spurs ha- not Spurs Arsenal have been playing really really well, right? And their attacking is in free flow, and and every single time I watch them play recently, and especially with Saka on the ball and Laka just lurking around. It's just uh, it's just where the ball goes and and how the play happens. He's going to get involved, and they're scoring goals at this point in time, um, versus how inconsistent we see in Spurs. So I'd be more confident going for someone like Lacazette over, let's say, a Kulovsky. You know, long term wise, even this double plus thirty. Um, but it's hard to compare the defender upside. I, I'm I'm not thinking of the combinations right off the top of my head. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's also team dependent. So I, was, I just wanted to have the debate because that's a burning question in a lot of people's minds. I would personally think in terms of if I was to answer my own question, I would think the priority of fixing your defense, going back to my earlier point on the, the defenders, there's a big dearth of good defenders in 29 and 30. Um, I would fix my defense first. For me, for, for me, the priority would be a Doherty or a Robertson over a Laka transfer in. If you have Laka, that's fine. That's great. You're in a great spot. Um, but that would be the way I would I would see it. Uh, Martinelli, I just wish ESR didn't have COVID, man. I mean, then we would have seen in this game against Watford if Martinelli is still playing and if he's still preferred. And uh, absent that, you know, with game week 30, we don't have any benches. Now, maybe Martinelli will come on anyway. With game week 30, you want to basically err on the side of, you know, uh, caution. caution. You're already going for a Doherty who should play, but you never know. So you don't want to end up with seven players essentially in 30. And that's the only thing basically putting me off Martinelli. Uh, but I really believe in his upside. I think if you look at their um, XGI, pure XGI over the last 10 game weeks, Martinelli is number one, even above um, above Saka. But then this was the time when he had completely won his place back um, or, or won his place over ESR. And ESR was coming on on the 80th minute and scoring anyway. So we're going back to that time. Maybe after the red card, maybe after you know him not being on it, I think. Um, you just don't know if he has the minutes or not. So that's that's where I am in terms of Arsenal. I would probably prioritize a Spurs a Doherty over any third transfer for, for Arsenal. But yeah. uh, that's been helpful. Yeah, completely fair. Okay, so let's move to Brighton, Everton and Newcastle. Yeah, so this is the shortest piece. I don't think anyone wants to hear this and uh, we're going to keep it short don't don't uh, don't close the stream yet because we'll come to our bus team in a second my point with uh, with brighton newcastle and um, and everton is by the way for, sorry firstly before i go there arsenal one other point to remember they're very likely to double in 33 yeah so regardless of what how the fa cup outcome is the fa cup outcome in game week 30 will only determine the opponents for arsenal but I think there's a very good likelihood that they will double. So as you're thinking about your Arsenal players, think about the fact that you know having two or three may, may be actually good and may actually even be worth a hit because you're getting a lot of games from them in the next uh, five game weeks. So that's my last point on Arsenal. So coming back to Brighton, Everton, Newcastle, what we see on the screen is basically the fixture ticker up until game week. So this is from game week 31 to game week 35. And why is that important? Because... Brighton, Everton and Newcastle are all blanking in game week 30. So my first thought was, are they worth holding? Because, for example, they may have amazing fixtures from 31 onwards and, you know, you want them anyway. And I think out of them, Everton you may want because they may have a double in 31 or 32. This has not been announced. This is just in terms of they have a lot of games to reschedule, 31, 32 um, free midweeks. So they may, have a blank, uh, they may have a double in 31 or 32, but we just don't know. So am I going to punt on a team that's just lost 5-0 to Spurs just because they may have a double in 31-32? No. Um, so if somebody wanted to go for... Let's say you have 12 players for game week 30. I don't know who you are. If you do, maybe go for Jimenez to DCL. Um, but that's that's about it, right? I mean, maybe Richarlison if you don't have the funds. Uh, and then you just make the guy sit there in 30 and then you hope for a double to come in 31-32. Brighton are looking really poor. Uh, and... In the next five, after the blank, they play Arsenal away, Spurs away, Southampton at home. Who are you really going for? Yes, they have Norwich at home, but I think not for me. 
and then lastly on newcastle now this one is a little bit needs a little bit more thought process because newcastle are looking very good we've yeah. looked at data last week they are a top 6 team both in attack and defense they have cheap assets that may look good fraser willock the defenders shar dubravka uh, maybe even wood uh, said maximen there's a lot of interest in newcastle but for me given the fact that they play after 30 they play spurs away wolves at home leicester at home norwich away and liverpool i guess wolves and, and norwich are decent leicester may be decent but i just don't feel that it's enough to burn a transfer now um be, just because they don't you know they don't play in 30 i i honestly feel that's that's what it comes down to i think newcastle is a team a lot of us will invest in but after the blank in game week 30 so yeah. that's all we wanted to cover in these three teams i don't know if you wanted to add anything else so no nope. perfectly put um perfect yeah all right bus team let's go to bus team and i have your team up here first by the way prost um uh, absolutely killing it this week with the bench boost so um shout out to you there um very happy for you 109 i'm sitting on not not gloating but i'm happy yes. <laughs> amazing um, amazing yeah um yeah. So bus team look the the plan always from game week uh, 26 was this was the triple captain week all of you have triple captain in 26 and are looking at my team and laughing you should be laughing this is not going to be a, a game week 26 style triple captain i'll probably be happy if i get 10 to 15 points if i get yeah. two blanks that will be a big disappointment if i get one return that gets me 10 points if i get two that's 15 so uh, please read out my your team by the way for the listeners yeah yeah, yeah i'll do that so in goal i have ramsdale good point Um, and then I have Robertson, who has a double, Trent, who has a double, and I have James, who is Newcastle at home. I will play James depending on his minutes against Norwich on Thursday. And then the fourth spot right now is Dean. I think that will very likely be, um, or actually on, on the screen, that might be um, Kilman. That will very likely be Doherty. And then you have in midfield Coutinho, uh, Rafinha, who both have decent fixtures. I think West Ham away for Coutinho and Rafinha, Norwich at home is decent. Then you have Salah for the double. You have Saka for the double. And up front, I have Kane for the double. And then Broha, who has Watford at home. So I'm, I'm happy with the team. I could just do uh, Dean to, um, to Doherty and leave it. But as, as everyone knows, I, I am uh, not immune to FOMO. So if the the Kulusevski fever hits uh, you know high levels, then continue <laughs> to Kulusevski is a move that I could look at for a hit, only because I think it may fund for me a Vardy move for Jimenez later. So that's the thinking that I could go in game week thirty for Vardy that not many people will have. So that would be the couple of things I'm thinking about. Another thing I've thought about is I could go continue to Martinelli. And why I would do that is basically I could do a Salah hokey cokey. Uh, I could nice. go Salah to Sun potentially. So by going Kulusevski now, I'll have triple Spurs, and I couldn't go Sun. And for the reasons we've talked about, Sun is still better than Kulusevski if money didn't matter. Mm. And when I'm doing a hokey cokey, money really doesn't matter. I could go for anyone when I downgrade Salah, right? So I could go Salah to Sun, back to Salah in 31. Um, I could go Salah to Madison or Barnes, and then I go back from Rafinha up to Salah in game week 31. And why people are looking at the hokey cokey? Let me spend a second on that. Is essentially obviously Salah blanks in 30, but the idea is that after 30 in game week 31, they have Watford at home. That's the early kickoff. So if there's any news that comes about that Salah isn't starting because he's he'll obviously have two games um, in 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 his in the international break, and then they have the Champions League and they have City. So a lot of people speculate that if he if he plays again, you know, 90 minutes twice over the international break. 
could this game be the Watford game be the game where he gets a rest? So if you're doing a hokey cokey, you're sitting there, you know, 15 minutes before the deadline, uh, a legitimate source tweets that Salah is not going to play Watford. You just leave it, right? Because you right. can then not have Salah for the Watford game. And then you, you don't have to go for him for the Man City game. You just come get him after that. So it gives you a little bit of optionality, which, which is why I think uh, doing the hokey cokey works a little bit. But if man, if I'm burnt with the Watford home, uh, I would have I would have basically essentially been backing against Salah for Norwich at home, Leeds at home, and Watford at home because in game week 26, obviously I didn't triple captain. So I fully understand that doing the hokey cokey has the potential to uh, you know give you egg on the face, but it's just ideas right now. I think yeah, what yeah, I would do I like in that. game week 30 depends on what happens after this game week. Yeah. That's me. Yep. Um, okay, so I'll go to. Uh, my team now. Um, yep. Okay. Um, so for the listeners, I have Ramsdale in goal um, with a double, Robertson and Trent both with a double, James and Livermento. Uh, in the midfield, I have Sun with a double, Salah with a double, Bowen for now, Saka with a double, and up top I have Lacazette and Broya, Lacazette with a double. On the bench, I have De Gea, Ramsey. Dean and Dennis. Um, listen, th- no particular order here, so um, I-, I still like need to sort out my starting lineup and stuff. But uh, I think there's a few things I really need to mention uh, without getting too team, you know, into into my team. But um, I still have my wild card, bench boost, and free hit two left to play. Um, and this week, order. We call <laughs> these guys two orders. And and this week, I actually was expecting a red arrow, and had the fear of a massive red arrow actually um so i i feel like the james captaincy really really got and saka as well really helped me sort of this is the sort of luck that you need sometimes um get over the edge and now i, I think at the very least i'm looking at a green arrow which is which is really really a big a big win for me basically um without you know boasting about it or anything um just just because i knew what i was up against in terms of all the wild carders and and the bench boosters and stuff so uh, i'm very i'm very satisfied with let's say this gray hour right now looking into you've my- played your chips really well man i mean uh, you took yeah. the hit in game week 26 mm-hmm. at the right time that minus eight worked out really well yeah um it set you up i mean i think this week your team was a little bit suboptimal and it was. maybe um, you know, you lose a little bit of ground on Thursday because you have less doublers. Yeah. But then if, if you know, it's it's the bad doublers you don't have. You don't have the wolves, um, you know. Yeah. So I think you'll be fine. I think you've played it really well with your chips. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, hopefully, I think the biggest rank killer for me would be Coutinho. But it, for example, if James does well, then it can make it up. So let's see what happens. Um, regardless, I don't think it's going to be a big red arrow. Um, but moving into 29, I'm, I'm really, really well set up. Um, and so I have one, two, three four, five, six, already seven doublers. Uh, I can, you know, p- potentially get eight or nine um, doublers in. And so a, lo- a lot um, of thinking here has to be done. Originally, I was so set on free hitting in 30. I, I thought there was a little bit of upside and I didn't just, I just didn't want to deal with all the transfers leading up to 30 and just want to want to kind of just forget about game week 30. But now I've, totally changed my mind and I'm going to free hit possibly in 33, most likely in 33. And so I'm trying to navigate 30 with uh, eight or nine single game week players. Um, And then uh, you'll be very surprised to hear this pros, but I'm thinking about keeping my wildcard till 34 and 
possibly. No, I, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, mm. I, I actually don't think people who are looking to wildcard in 31 with one free hit left and a bench boost left, I don't think that team is. You've you've almost you don't need the wildcard uh, the free hit in 33 exactly. because the good they're decent teams who are free hitting. So you could look. Obviously, what you're losing is you've lost a little bit of ground in in 26. Maybe okay, you you triple captain Salah, so you got away. Mm. But in terms of the doublers, you didn't have enough doublers. You yeah. lost a little bit of ground in 28. Uh, sorry, yes, in 28. 29, you're well set up. You may lose a little bit of ground in 30, maybe 31 and 32. But otherwise, I think I think the team is fine. I think you have to sort of now go for game week 34, 35, uh, and then hope that the bench boost really, you know, bangs and you yeah. get you get uh, you get value for money. Yeah, I mean, listen, listen I'll, I'll be the first to admit I, I was I've been scared the past few few game weeks. And um, this this strategy is, you know, quite unique from the, from the norm in some ways, but it's also very traditional, right? And uh, it really banks on 36 becoming a big bench boost for me um, because of I, ideally a, a late wild card, you have less time to really utilize and maximize, you know, sort of um, the, you know, fixture swings and stuff like that, which is why 28 was very popular in 26 as well and where you used it. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll adapt. Maybe in 32, I see an opportunity to use it. So I, I'm not I'm not open-minded or close-minded about when to use it. But basically, I'm set on trying to uh, navigate 30 without a free hit, um, which means I'm trying to bring in some players for Game Week 30. And the two things I've thought of right now um, is e a, a very easy minus four. So I'd go Bowen probably to uh, Kulovsky, and then I could upgrade... Um, either Livermento or downgrade Dean to um, Doherty. So triple up on Spurs here with a minus four. I've also thought of doing Sun to Kulu and Dennis to Kane and then Dean to Doherty, which would be a minus eight. But another very interesting um, way to go about it. I think I also have to figure out who I'm getting rid of to bring in uh, besides just the hit. So uh, most likely, I... I don't think I'll make that move to just to get to Kane um, without Sun for a hit. I, I don't think that's worth it. So that's where I'm yeah. at for now. Yeah. Good. I, I like I like both the ideas. Um, for a double game week, I think a minus four is is justifiable if you're getting another doubler and you see if you see upside. So yeah, okay. I think it's nice. good. Okay. Well, uh, thank you guys and and the podcast listeners for joining in again on our fifteenth episode of Burning Questions. Um, this is pre-recorded once again, and next week we will be back for uh, the Blank Game Week 30. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Pros, for, for joining me again today. Thank you.